<laughs> oh, that was a funny joke. This is the Immaterial Gamers Podcast. Have I really just done, just done that? Apparently you have. I can't yeah, believe you would make like... such a horrible racist joke and then just pretend like it was nothing. I know. I know. Uh, it's a good I thing we cut know. it out. I mean, God, we would... I know, we, I know we don't have much of an audience, but we would never make it with uh, yeah, I mean, language we, like that. Yeah, I mean, if we did have that, that obvious sexism, it would have been, you know... Oh, yeah, the sexist thing, too. Racist yeah. and sexist. I know, I know. And, and, and then, and then you know, to think, think Darius went and sat there again. You know, the anti-establishment joke as well. It was just... <laughs> oh, I actually thought that was kind of funny, to be perfectly honest. Mm, that's true, true. But, uh, yeah, here we are. Episode 79. And, unfortunately, I cannot see our producer's comments. Because, one, I don't have my phone on me. And, two... I'm not there. I'm at the podcasting couch. But, uh, you know, is he, is he saying anything that's evil. actually oh, he's, he's saying very nice things about you. He's generally just calling you a very nice, you intelligent, nice. handsome young man who's just hardworking and it's just the, no. the real MVP of this whole operation. I, I, I don't believe it, but, you know. I'm happy I'll, to I'll, say I'll... not evil fuck. Mm. <laughs> okay. No, that that's fair enough. Fair enough. So we will move into this. This is episode 79. We're getting close to 100. Yeah. yeah. Almost. 21 off. Well, 22 off, including this one. And then another uh, four on top of that, and we'll be uh, into year three of this. Whatever this is. This this, this stubborn stubborn self-gratification project that we've got at the moment. But uh, yeah, I, I'm Ryan, and uh, this week we are monster collecting games. So uh, this week I am Pokemon, the progenitor of all this this stuff. Um, I'm not really the progenitor. I'm Temtem. I'm. Uh, yeah, that's done. I'm I'm barely functional, but I'm I'm here anyway, for better or worse. Oh, you're you're functional considering the the smallness of the team that made it. Indeed, I am a small yeah, man. Uh, Can I be Digimon? Got... Yeah, go for it, Darius. You're Digimon. Yeah, you know the well, SMT. Um, it was well, I guess you know unless you want to be Yokai Watch. You were Darius yeah. is Digimon. He's the uh, he's the weird knockoff that everyone thinks was like a copycat, but like wasn't really. Yeah, because it, it came was... out about the same time. It came out about the same time. Sort of a different sort of idea, you know. Digimon. Did you he had a this? like had an orange dinosaur in it. That's what everyone remembers. Oh. Was, was that flying big eared one? I still have the uh, Angel Mon at Mum and Dad's. Up, uh, oh, yeah. The cabinet. Oh, yes. I still remember the. Uh, That's the, the cat one. Yeah, oh. I remember the PlayStation game of Digimon. It was like, oh, you logged into a server and it was like a. <laughs> and, and, you know, enough. It was like you were in an MMO. And then it had a, um, hmm, a Sword Art Line style, Sword Art Online style thing where everyone was then stuck in the server until they saved the world. Both worlds. But, uh, oh, you know, at least, at least it wasn't if they died in that, they died forever. They just couldn't get out of the game. Uh, SAO. Uh, oh, SAO. And then, uh, yeah, D D is, is Yokai Watch, which... Mm, I don't know what Yokai Watch is. Nor do I, that's why I'm going to go for SMT. Or Persona. <laughs> so nobody knows what it is, including itself. That's that's <laughs> that's D in a bottle. I <laughs> Oh no! It was it was a game that was released by Nintendo that was supposed to be like you know a kid who like was able to then see spirits in the world and then could use them for his own 
benefit and stop people who also use the spirits for nefarious ends and shit like that. Spirits. Okay, that sounds, an awful, that sounds an awful lot like sh- uh, Shaman King, but... Mm, yeah. But, uh... They Anime really likes Shaman just King, taking strips out of itself. They didn't take... Didn't, they never finished Shaman King, did they? Oh, they did. They kind of the paused it after a revolt. Seems to have paused it for, and then it never really restarted. I wouldn't know. I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a dumb non-weeb. Please, please, please help me. What was Shaman King? That uh, was a guy who looked a bit like Yugi Moto. He could control a spirit that sounded like Yugi Moto, and uh, he did like fights and stuff with it. And at some point, there was another guy who looked exactly like him, kind of like in Full Metal Alchemist. I don't really remember anything about that show. Basically, the Shaman King is a tournament. Held by spirits, uh, well, with spirits and stuff. Right, yeah, there was like a whole competition to like become the Shaman King or whatever. Yeah, that happens every like 200 years or something after. Oh, of course, and they just naturally fit, you know, the, the 200 years just happened to align with the events Sorry, of the story. Because, you know, yeah. I mean, let's be honest, if the Shaman King tournament was taking place like 72 years from now, like, what the point, what's the point of the story? Well, yeah, I guess. Uh, okay. The only thing I really remember about Shaman King is that it had, <laughs> is that the English dub had a really badass uh, opening theme. I'm sorry, I, I just read the comments on our Discord channel. It's not having a stroke. I Pull don't think so, but well, <laughs> get the feeling he might have lost it. There's a yeah, bit of a, a bit of a plot being lost right now. Ah, oh, okay. There's, there's way too many villagers. The producer, the producer's having a bit of a struggle. Yeah, I, I see. With villagers, they're they're uh, t- taking over the server. Oh jeez, that sounds like what he was doing a couple of days ago. So you know what, we will leave. We will leave producer Stefan and his uh, Shin Megami Tensei style villager farm, and we will move on to what's been played. What's been played? Da da da. Let's do yeah. the play. Yeah, of the what's been variety. And mm-hmm. D, you're up. Uh, well, been way more time at Porsche or Tim Tim. Uh, you know what? We're not talked about Temtem. Well, you've not talked about Temtem. Yeah, well, uh, I seem to have jumped a little bit ahead. Just, mm. just it sounds like you've. It sounds like you've played the most, so you may as well take the reins. Um, yeah. Basically, with Temtem, I've beat the first. Well, I've done the first. Like, I keep referring it to Pokemon, but I've basically found the evil corporation. You, you're not the only one who's uh. referring it to it as Pokemon. Should we explain oh. what Temtem <laughs> is briefly? Yeah, oh, so I have no is. idea what it is, and I've seen you guys playing. Whoever was not paying attention, it's to basically it. a capture things with like po- it's a lot like Pokemon, where you got to capture things. Uh, yeah, Pokemon <laughs> is the most obvious comparison. So yeah, it's you like, like the easiest comparison to it. Then you uh, live in a yeah. world where there's a bunch of cute monsters. You capture them in little magic card things, and then you use them to battle and level up. Uh, the only real main difference between it and a typical Pokemon game is that it's an MMO built up from the ground, rather than just the MMO that people wish Nintendo made, and they just don't. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, but basically, yeah, it's an MMO. I've done the first, I've met the first evil rival thing, and I've done the first gym kind of deal. Ah, yes, I believe they call it the dojo in this. But yeah, uh... the, the... <laughs> dojo, not gym. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah basically, I've completed the first gym, uh, well, dojo or whatever. Dojo. <laughs> Uh, and I got a surfboard, so I can now surf, so I can go in the water and explore the water areas. So just, wait, just you, as can, a clear, you can if you haven't picked surf, up that pendant, that's where you go. There's you can capture Pokemon and you can surf and there's dojos. Oh my god! Yeah, these, pe- um, these people aren't going to last the year. Fucking Nintendo's going to destroy them. 
Nah, Next they're, they're fine. Well, there's also going to be rock climbing at some point. There's rock climbing points. And oh. uh, then I've got, I went into a lava pit, well, a glacial area, and we're going to get some ice cakes soon. Delicious. Okay, so they are, they are using different forms of travel that aren't just, you know, the surfboard. But, you know, um, the sliding, it's basically a sliding puzzle at the moment. But if you oh, get the ice skates, wonderful. if you get the ice skates, then you can, you don't have to try and go dink, 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 bounce off fucking walls, get to the end. I get you. Um, it, basically, it turns out it's crystalline. It's what the digi card things are made out of, by the sounds of it. Mm. Yeah, they are good old <laughs> Tem cards, which are not to be confused with Pokeballs. <laughs> Even though so are you ra- throwing the cards instead of Pokeballs? Yep. Yeah, it's basically... Yeah, it's so like if card, the... it's like a it's like if card captors collided with Pokemon, you know. Yeah. It's like you get that yeah. you got that card summoning element, but then it's like it's all like digital and stuff like the Pokeball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's 13 types, element types, and stuff like that. Yeah. Some some shared with like the basic types of Temtem or with like Pokemon. Some aren't. They have well, yeah, their own we... different bits. And if you want to catch water Pokemon, go on the water. If you want to go to each area, has got its own area of expertise, shall we say. Like, mm-hmm. the first area is wind, then you get water Pokemon, and now I'm finding... I've got a random electric that seems no. to kick up an exhaust. No, careful, they're not Pokemon, they're Temtem. They're Temtem, but yeah. Yeah. Ryan and I... We watched the play session. We did, a, yeah, we did a little play session the other day in uh, Temtem, and we probably said Pokemon instead of Temtem, both of us. <laughs> I must have we we must have done it at least twenty times between the two of us in a forty minute yeah. video. It's, but yeah, it's it's not it, it it's yeah it's called Temtem, but it's basically it is effectively Pokemon almost. Well, yeah, that's why they so they're very specific in what they're saying. And at the end of the day, Nintendo don't have the monopoly on monster catching MMOs. In fact, they don't have the right to a monster catching MMO. Sure, they got a monster catching game. But you know, at least the monsters are a bit. Uh, the monsters don't look like any Pokemon now. No, they 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 they're all right. Well, some of them do, some of them don't. Yeah. No, no one owns the rights to of making the games based on something, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I mean, we we were talking about the this rights. Part. It's like the... yeah, the rights. If if the rights are towards the um, name, like let's say Pokemon, so obviously they cannot use it in their game. And they cannot yeah. have the same design of the characters, monsters. But other than that, yeah. I think it's... like, copyright only protects against specific instances and specific exactly. iterations of, you know, intellectual property. Like, you know, it's like, like I said, names, images, lists, terms, things like that. Sounds. Yeah. But, yeah, but, uh, yeah. but yeah, now I've got my surfboard, I can, uh, I've gone exploring the rest of this our first map and then the second one you're in a hot air balloon i actually yeah. i actually want to come back to that copyright thing at the, when we've done the let's been play thing because i don't know what if ryan had anything planned but i had a thing i wanted to talk about at the end oh don't don't worry about it if it's if it's what you put in the news thing i am happy for you to talk about that all right we'll we'll, we'll dip back into for. that yeah oh they, they evolve when you hit a certain level mm. um and it's kind of an obvious kind of transformation as well it goes from yeah. like a ferret to a bigger ferret well, that's that's cool. Like a bird to a bigger bird, yeah. Bird, 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 bigger bird. A lot of the uh, a lot of the Temtems are based vaguely off animals, most of them. Mm. But you can see that they added animal to the thingy. Yeah. Apparently, I'm wrong. 
It seems like a lot, they went for like a really cutesy style for the most part. Like most of the, the Temtems seem to have more of a sort of a that kawaii a, a, attribute to it as opposed to like Pokemon. Sometimes you get them and they're just like, they look just look like monstrosities. To be honest, there is way too many Pokemon. Yeah, yeah which, is, which is sort of something that's nice about Temtem at the moment because it's in an early access phase. It's it, they currently have eighty. That's a lot less to think about than you know mm-hmm. the seven hundred odd that are in there. But it's you know it's like we say it's early access, so yeah, over this time it might grow, improve. Yeah, there are more more Temtems, more add-ons, and uh, maybe less bugs. There's, I would say it's like mostly good. I mean, it's certainly functional. The only reason we even played the play session of it was because Runeterra wouldn't let us play together, mm. which is kind of embarrassing for uh, Riot. I mean, it's a billion-dollar game company. They can't have a game ready oh, for launch. I did some Runeterra. Um, mm. Thought a lot about that. Yeah. Well, that's oh. the thing. Probably we'll talk about a bit more about Runeterra when it's, you know, more functional for, for that. Yeah. Like I said, I actually like this do play session, but... This morning, I actually did play a little bit uh, matchmaking. They finally got that working. Uh, still, mm. jury's still out on whether or not the friend challenging works, but you know we can experiment with that in the coming week. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think that's I've covered ten time. Sounds about Fair solid. Is. Yeah, looking but, forward well, to seeing how that to develops. I'm wrong about the. Forward to playing that more. Yeah. According to stuff, I'm wrong about the levels. It's, they just level up at some point. Yeah, apparently, Temtem Tem level up after a number, a certain number of levels after you get them. It's not like fixed points, like in Pokemon. Hmm. Which is okay. Mm. It's different, but that's, oh, that's the other thing to come back onto as well. That they have, that they're like Pokemon. They always have the the hidden values for their stats, the SVs. Oh. You, you could just keep capturing them, and eventually, once you found the highest ones, that all worked. What I do like about Temtem is that's not hidden information. In fact, with Temtem entirely, there isn't any hidden information. Oh, you you see everything about everyone, even coming down to the stamina of. Other Temtems. The only so that's, that's part of a strategy of, in it. The, other, the only thing that's kind of hidden until you capture one is the um, their abilities and the their passives. Yeah. That's, um, yeah, that's... But yeah, like the water Pokemon, I've, the one other one I've seemed to enjoy is the Aquafinity mm. trait. It gives you 15% extra damage with water-based moves. Mm. Uh, they seem to have one of those based and then there's like uh, one of them's got caffeinated means it doesn't go sleep. So if you have a caffeinated Pokemon, they don't. They're oh, sometimes they they don't go sleep. Mm. So you got to think about what six you're using. Yeah, yeah, because it's it's not just about type; it's about synergy, which um, is sort of a, a lot more tactical in that sort of sense. And I'm not sure I haven't played it as a dual yet, so I don't know how you meant to complement each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's no point in you bringing, say, the same what the squid thing, the thingy thing, and both of us are the squid thing and thingy thing. Mm-hmm. Except for I found there's a move that I found so far that does a lot of damage, but it also affects allies as well. Ah, that's why you want a. That's why you want a. I was going to say Pokemon. Fuck. <laughs> that's, that's why you want a Temtem with friendship that doesn't take damage from allies' moves. But yeah, it's okay. um, it. What does it have? Uh, it's Chain Lightning. It affects everyone, including the Temtem itself. Yeah, well, that's what uh, I say. If you have a Temtem with friendship, useful... it won't. It won't get hurt. No, there's one of these like electric horse things. It gets, it's got supercharge, so when it hits itself with its own lightning, it heals itself. Strategy. Yep. It, it, lo- it electrocutes everyone, but 
it heals it fucking self in the process. Classic. It's like, it's like, oh, I've just took 10 damage, but I've just healed myself for 14. Uh, Clever girl, me. Do you guys, do you guys think that over time, Temtem can be as popular as Pokemon? Over know. time, uh, okay. When we say That's over time, a we, question. <laughs> we need to we need to qualify that with how much time we're talking about here, because Pokemon has had like thirty years to get as popular as it is. Yeah, and it is the most popular thing, like literally ever. So well, it might be. I will, I will say it might be. Hard to dethrone Pokemons, but at least make the Temtem uh, competitive with the Pokemons. I'd Here's say what I would say for well, go 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 ahead, Duncan. I'd say that as that if they continue to update the game on a regular basis, fix out fix its glitches, stay proactive oh, yes. in its, de- its development and marketing. Uh, I think that there's don't always a chance. A, um, yeah, and don't is, pull a um, thing in my box. It is similar enough to Pokemon. Anthem. It's got more content than Anthem already. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say it's like, yeah, it's got Anthem B. Uh, it's like it's similar enough to Pokemon that it can take a big enough, that can take a slice of its audience from it. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's also got just enough differentiation that people who want, you know, uh, people who are looking for something a little bit different will have something for them in Temtem. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, me personally, I would have gone on the idea is it's got a particular market cornered, and that's the PC market. Yeah. To say that it would beat Pokemon yeah, overall when when Pokemon doesn't want to go anywhere near the PC. Yeah. It's, it's in, you know it's a sort so of you know a thing there. At least they they trying to poke <laughs> that hole in the PC market for Pokemon. Basically, at the moment, yeah. at the moment, maybe over time after a few expansion, after two three years of development, they might. Expand to other consoles then. Possibly. But by it sounds like it's a small company. Yeah. Well, it's always starting somewhere, isn't it? Um, Yeah. You're building up. Indeed. And it was Humble Bundle had something to do with it? Yeah, it's got Humble on its back. It's got, actually, that's it. It's got Humble's backing. It's it's published by Humble, hence Mm. why it's that that sort of thing. But, you know. I bought it off Humble for like 20% extra because of the discount thing. Yeah. Humble now has that. 10 games a month thing that you got to choose. Yeah, it has choice rather than, than uh, Humble Monthly. But, yep. yeah. So you'll you'll find it on there. But um, I'd say we've we've talked a lot about Temtem there, so uh, if, we go with, if we go with Darius. Why have you been playing, Darius? Hello, guys. <laughs> oh, hi. Hi, Darius. How's, how's it going? I'm fine. Uh, well, I've been playing for the past week since last time I was speaking to you guys. Well, um, nothing, nothing to to an extent was like our here, our there. Um, mainly, I transferred my account from Bungie, Bungie no, from the Blizzard for Battle.net to Steam of the Destiny. Oh yeah. So I've been playing a little bit of Destiny too. Fair enough. Have you um, been playing the so just the the old content then, or uh, did you yes, I've been, keep? No, I have not bought the new extension for it because it's pretty quick, and that's a little bit too 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 much for a little bit of extra content. Yeah, yeah. The Destiny yeah. thing is, uh, yeah, it's a game, but now you've got to pay an extra. You want a new map? Here's thirty quid, please. Yeah, unfortunately, also, the, yeah, the whole the whole Bungie splitting from Activision thing hasn't done well with them. With Shadowkeep being about four missions long. Well, that's the thing. If 
I would knew, for example, two years ago that the game will be free to play and you can buy the whole game with all the expansions for like 30, 40 quid at the moment. Mm. I might wait. I might have wait. Yeah, but so, that's, just, that's just how games work. It's like you yeah. can always buy it up front for the high price, and or you could wait. You know, it's always going to go down. I mean, games don't just stay there. Yeah, well, I was, I wasn't, I wasn't expecting, price. I wasn't expecting the game would be free to play and at any time. To be honest, that's that's kind of like a downside for me. However, uh, however, I've played it few few hours already um, since I transferred the account from the last week. Uh, mm-hmm. I love the mechanic. I love how guns work. It's just lovely to press the button and see every shoot, every shot, just kill someone. It's just working perfectly. And um, yeah, I'm definitely not buying the new content at the moment because your light light score was it? Yeah. Yeah, light score it went up. So before I build up myself to that kind of level where I can go to the new map, I'm definitely not buying it. And besides, I had like a few months of arrest in the game, um, so I would be like, "Yeah, I will just play, enjoy the game one more time. Probably I will redo the story with a new character, and maybe then I will buy the new expansion because the game is still enjoyable, even though it's have like I don't know two years in now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's two year old, and I still do enjoy to sh- take my bow and put some arrows in the head. Of cabals. <laughs> uh, it's always nice to just, you know, just wake up, cabal. have a shower, have breakfast, shoot a cabal in the head. Dinner. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's maybe death, kill, death, uh... death, 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 lunch. Yep. <laughs> I think what, what they've done is, since the Destiny 1, they had a core mechanics there. I mean, the game work, how shooting works, how, you know, that, that, that kind of fun fact. Mm-hmm. Fun factor of playing the shooter. It was always there, and that's what making the game still enjoyable, enjoyable after God knows how many years and months of break, especially a break, even have like a few months break like me, and going back to it, it feels so nice. <laughs> I don't know. I, I haven't, I've merged my account, but I haven't downloaded it again. Uh, yeah. I played Shadowkeep and then got... You know the usual. It's like it's not. A ba- we we've said this plenty of times. It's not a bad game, but there's just not much there. Yes. But that being said, there's more there than there is Anthem. Okay, that's two games we've mentioned <laughs> Anthem and slagged it off. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. exactly. It's a really nice game. It does have enough content to like play the story, play a dozen of hours online. But mm. after a certain time, you're just hitting that point where it's. Too much grinding for not a lot of rewards. Yeah, it's yeah. like uh, I got to the point where uh, my gear need, I needed like five gear scores or something daft, but I needed to do the forge. It's like oh, I really want to do the forge. <laughs> and the usually you end up getting to it, and the end the answer's usually a lot of the time, no, really. Yeah, because the time you need to spend on it to get something slightly better, it's it's doesn't seem feasible. Yeah, I mean, that's indicative of any MMO, though. I mean, you, you you go to something like, you know, you could go to something like World of Warcraft or any of the big sort of, you your standard MMOs, your pointy, clicky ones. Yeah, you, it's like you go to the, yeah, it's like in WoW and you do the raid, you're like, oh, you've got the soft cap for this raid, now you can do it on normal, and now you can do it on hard, and now you can do it on veteran. It's like, 
Yeah, and uh. but a lot of the time, it's like I remember the middle expansions of that game, and it wasn't the fact of a lot of the time it wasn't you could get this item outright. It was like you had to repeat this dungeon over and over again, and get a currency no. that allowed you to do it. But then there was a cap on the amount of currency that you could get, and it was like, do we do we really want to be replaying? I mean, there's only so many times you would want to <laughs> you'd want to kill the Lich King. To be honest, for a lot of people, there would only be so many times that they'd have the chance. Yeah, so the game is great for, like, let's say, play it for a month and then have a six-month break and then come back to it. Mm. Uh, that that that's, that's feels good. Um, however, if we're talking, like, on the continuous play you sessions... Really still, I kind of... I'm getting puzzled how me and Steph on the, play, on the first Destiny on the PlayStation 4 how we put two up two hundred hours plus on that game puzzles me. <laughs> well, because uh, it was a good game, especially especially after all the updates, it was it was getting better and better. But still, it was a grind for God's sake. Well, no, it's um, it's like Minecraft. You can play Minecraft for days and not really. Like, what have you done? It's like, well, I've built this. Good for you. Nah, it has its own sort of. Thing though, but that also has its own different core loop. It's not about completing the game and leveling up on and stuff like that. To be honest, the, the the goals of Minecraft are open-ended based on what people want to do. For the creative, they get to build giant structures or penises. You know, for, yeah. for the adventurers, they get to try and you know craft and do what they need to do to get to the end and you know beat the Ender Dragon and all that and all that shit. Hmm. You know, it's, the goal is flexible for each sort of person. But then Microsoft have managed to branch out on that and use Minecraft as a as a as a franchise for other stuff. I mean, they've got that uh, Minecraft Dungeons coming out at a point. There's yeah. a Minecraft board game, Builders and Biomes. Yeah. That that you know that people can you know sort of play. It's, it's sort of turning it into the brand and granting people the ability to do what they want for for goals. I mean, the only thing they haven't really properly done. Well, I mean, I guess they did get that weird sponsorship with Lego at one point. You know, which I mean, at the end of the day, Minecraft is digital Lego. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. And you know, there um... is, if I can go back to Destiny, there is, the, mm. Stefan just made a good point of it. For the first Destiny, we played PvP only once or twice, where we mm. really had to do something with it, because it wasn't enjoyable at all for the first Destiny. With the with Destiny 2, when we got well, when it got a PC release, the controls were slightly better, and we got basically a team. It was a, it was something different, but then still we have not done too much PvP. We more we were more like playing the Gambit mode. Yeah, mm. Gambit was probably the best hybrid of that. I'd like Gambit actually. Yeah, because yeah. I think that that's that, that's the issue with the with the Destiny's uh, thing. Most of us would consider ourselves kind of like serious gamers, however, not to the point of two we're, series about one game. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, playing we're also, PB, playing we're also PvP, mostly PVE. Yes, yes, exactly. More, so, more PVE is than PvP is. Yeah, that, that, that's my kind of point. Uh, we're more enjoying PV, uh, PVE. Why? Well, because PvP in this game is freaking ridiculous. You've got the people who spend like hundreds of hours playing it and it's not it's not a secret that when you're playing the more time on pvp you're getting better rewards than playing pve mm. you are getting a better gear playing pvp than pve it's and, also the fact that and it was that hard to gun. get to into it because you spawn you're getting shot you respawn there, that wasn't 
fun for me in it. Yeah. No, I mean, it's yeah, also cold, like... Cold game lately... Sorry, go on, go on. It's also like the uh, Shawshank... There was a, a particular gun that basically one-shot That's That's the same with everything, though. It's I mean, that's the same with every competitive thing. It's find the thing that wins and use it. So, I don't mm-hmm. blame people for using the quote-unquote broken guns and stuff like that. No, you just no get, you, their, get you, their thing. Yes, you're exploiting the issues of the game. Well, issues. Oh. You're exploiting. Yeah, I mean, you, 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 yeah, exactly. You're finding always the best solution for your game style, and yeah. if there is a one weapon which suits everyone and everyone starts using it, that's yeah, fair enough. That's fair. That's fair play because everyone can use it. Mm-hmm. It's just you know, it's just it, I guess at that point it's not fun for the people who hadn't managed to get it. Yet, yes, but you know, it's, you know, it's nice that you've had some Destiny Two happies come back. <laughs> yeah, so you know, we'll 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 move it on, Duncan. Me. Uh, all right. So, what have I played this week? Well, I played a few things actually. I mean, I've been a little. I was really not into games for a long time, and then uh, this last little while, I decided to make myself play a couple of new things. Uh, one of those new things was mm-hmm. Temtem, which we've covered. Yep. Uh, another one was Runeterra, which I'm enjoying so far. Uh, though I don't really have enough to really report because I've only played the tutorials and like three match made games. Mm. Uh, it's it like yeah, like when I tried it last week. It's, it's one of those. It's like it's got the core down. It just wants got a bit more stuff. I mean, we got to take into account it's early access again. Um, I'm I've got like half of Noxia done. Uh, yeah, the the progress things. I've got through the things. experience on that, Duncan. It's like once you've done your tutorials and your prologue, you can choose regions and you can just get experience through them instead. Yeah. Hooray. Uh, so you've got the Oxians, the Piltovers, the six of them, I think. Mm. Um, Something like that. But, uh, as, but as yeah. you were saying. But yeah, as for, I guess what I'll talk about one game I played. Uh, it's a game you're probably all familiar with, if not by experience, then certainly by name. I uh, joined my mother, my sister, and a bunch of their friends in a game of Dungeons and Dragons. Ah, yes, D and D. Yes, good old D and D. We have uh, we have a D and D here, and uh, and also another D. <laughs> we're D and D and D, and you know Ryan. Well, <laughs> any D's in your like... names, Ryan? No, not a single D. All right, not a single D. All right, we're just a triple D plus well, uh, plus a Ryan. Well, quadruple D if you include my middle and middle name. All right, you're getting you're getting a little carried away. Uh, <laughs> so D so D and D. It's a game everyone basically knows what it is. I mean, I think a lot of people know what it is, but I don't really like necessarily know what it's like to actually be in in a game of D and D. So people have sort of got their concepts. They know they know like classes, played, skills, uh, characters. Yeah, the D and D I played is the Waterdeep one with you. Is it? Well, well, yeah. There's the, I mean, there's Waterdeep the board games like that spawn from most, that. Yeah. Yeah, Waterdeep is the main setting of the game. Um, so I rolled a, a human fighter, which is like the most vanilla-ass generic character that could possibly <laughs> exist. Oh, human fight is forever, mate. Yes. I was the only human character at the party of eight. <laughs> that does include the DM, by the way. So there was eight eight actual players. What's the DM? So nine. Uh, so... Out of all of them, I was the only human, and I was also the only one who was a race that could not, that did not have dark vision, which is basically just lets you, you can see in the dark. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, torches in your future. Yeah. I mean, 
Yeah, no, that we immediately. The DM literally put us immediately in a dark hole where I couldn't see. Like within <laughs> five minutes of starting their, of the of their session. Um, yeah, so you're fumbling around constantly. Yeah, so well, I'm just holding a torch with one in hand and my sword with the other, like, don't come near me, I'll get you. <laughs> uh, so do I need to explain what D&D is, or how it works? I mean, is that shallow? Uh... I'd, 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 I'd think with, with, with this, and, I mean, more on this, I think it'd be more of a case of seeing what would be in your campaign that you had going, rather than, because sort of, like I say, I think people get basics and know what it is, you know, people create characters based off defined classes and and, yeah, and it's sort of the it's sort of the sets that way. it's sort of the granddaddy of the role playing game genre as a whole, really. Yeah, yeah. Before there were tiny computers and your electronic devices that could keep track of all this information, when people just had to write the shit on pieces of paper and dices and, and dices. yeah, and roll and, and you, they had they had to uh... they had to bring their own random number generators to the table. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, manual like, ones. You don't have... You just don't have a six, a dice with one to six. No, you have a D four, D twelve. Yeah, you got the D twenty classic. You got the uh, the D ten. You got two D tens usually for percentage rolls. You've yep. got the uh, the D twelve, which is often used for damage. You've got D eights and D sixes, which are also used for damage a lot. D, I think you got a D four sometimes, which uh, I bought a set of metal dice for uh, playing yeah. this game. They're really nice dice. Um, oh, good. The D, I got the the D four. The D4 in that set is, like, razor sharp. Like, it's fucking... <laughs> it's, like, lethal. The the corners are, like, so pointy. The D4 is basically a small triangle prison thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. I guess... So, in our uh, campaign... Is it a, we... a dodecahedron for the 100? Uh, something like that. <laughs> so, our campaign, right? We mm-hmm. had, uh... I guess, the, I guess our mission was we had to find some guy. I can't remember his name. He went missing, and his friend... Sent us on a quest to go find him. We went, okay. we went uh, searching through the sewers, which is where the darkness came in. Couldn't see a damn thing. As <laughs> <laughs> uh, you did. And we the sewer and watching stuff. We found some kind of creature in the in the in the sewers that doesn't speak English. It just sort of echoes back whatever you say to it. Oh, oh okay. wonderful! So it So we killed that. Uh, we had this ongoing problem where one of our characters, one of our players had the disadvantage of uh, being psychotic. Oh, no. <laughs> which so created a problem because basically any time there was a person that was, like, you know, even remotely problematic, her first solution was to just immediately draw weapons and start attacking. <laughs> zero, like, zero role-playing, zero conversations... No persuasion, <laughs> no intimidation, just like guns blazing. I mean, no guns, obviously. Crossbows blazing, <laughs> swords singing. It's just like, you know, I, I kind of wanted... My original idea for my character was I was kind of like, sort of like this sort of young, uh, headstrong knight who was like, you know, it's like, I, I he's young and inexperienced, and he has like a very sort of immature concept of what, you know, chivalry is, and then he was just mm-hmm. kind of like, be a kind of a bit of a braggart, but like kind of shit when he actually has to, you know, put it on the line, so to speak. <laughs> uh, yeah. But it's like I never once got to like participate in any of like the role playing because like we're just instantly engaged in combat every time there was an opportunity to do so. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, at well, this point, it's... I'm like, I'm considered just like rewriting my backstory. It's just like, I, you know what? Don't worry about me. I'm just sort of meek dude hanging <laughs> in the back. 
I don't. No, the problem, I don't want to cause any trouble. But the problem I had in our game is uh, no one fucking trusted me because of, of the race I was. Um, well, that was your that was your own damn fault. And also, I have a year in a day. <laughs> yeah, I had a year in a. I, I've got a year in a day if we ever pick it back up again to mm. fit, to solve before the world ends because someone nicked my book and read it. Yeah, but, well, that's what happens. But you chose the tiefling. You chose the race that specifically outlined no other of the three races. No, it wasn't the tiefling. That was, um, I think it was a drow. Oh, you were drow. Oh, right, so you were second down the list. <laughs> oh, tiefling was drow. third, general. Are drow, like, always evil? Uh, drow usually, at best, can probably end up being neutral. Chaotic neutral. Uh, no, the tiefling was, um, stay with his... Holy Paladin. Oh, yeah. That one was an absolute contradiction. A, yeah, a tiefling that was holy and demonic at the same time. Mm. Uh, mine was a freaking halfling that was very un, unthinkable. Yeah. Well, let's say I, 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 I like Duncan went vanilla. Yeah. Someone's got to do it, you know. Not everyone can yeah. be some fancy special race that can see in the dark and can speak 25 fake languages. And yeah. Has innate access to crazy magic. It's like you know what? Sometimes you just gotta be the human fighter guy. Which is yeah, some, someone, someone, somewhere usually has to be the audience surrogate in a campaign. You know, I'm uh, I I'm just the tank. I have a sword and I hit people with it. I know first aid. That's well, that's what? it. That's my story. <laughs> once I've not played too many D and D games. However, I do remember one which I played and I had uh, I think a dark elf. And I was oh, a war, yeah. and I was a warrior. Oof. However, I rolled the stats to be more of a mage. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> I, I had a really tough time to like to be either a tank or to even do some damage. It was really impossible to do any of it. Mm. But so then I tried to like kind of build myself later on in the game to be more like a um, an assassin. Yeah. So to be silent, to go on the back and stop. <laughs> yeah, I actually ended up rolling really good stats for my character. I got like it's like eighteen strength, sixteen constitution, sixteen dex, like fifteen intellect, and like my worst stat was wisdom at ten, which is just you know neutral, mm-hmm. no what modifier. Ten for a warrior isn't. If you had ten for a mage class, that's a problem. But a warrior yeah, doesn't really. No. Warriors don't yeah. do it. It's like, you know, I might not be very good at, per- at perception, but beyond that, I was pretty solid for Warrior. Mm. But, uh, yeah, so it was it, it was interesting. It was just kind of like, I spent like the first half of our session just not really talking or really doing anything. Because, like, every time I opened Fighting. my mouth, it's just like, it's just, there was just a sword nope, being stuck up. in someone else's throat. And I was just like, all right, I guess we're fighting now. <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends on the DM and the group. Yeah. The DM sets the pace and the tone. Well, the group and the DM. But if you go in a bit too quick or whatever, the DM's meant to set the place. The yeah, it's down to the dungeon master and how the group's been. Well, it's, we'd say the DM's usually needs to keep control of the the players, but the players then also need to make sure that they can go Explore. forward and help the DM. It's you know, it's it's a it's a it's an organic process that both or that yeah. all players have to do. Yeah, you have to figure out. What you're gonna do and how you're gonna do it between you, and you can squabble and whatnot. Yeah, you can yeah. you can have a game where you're cooperative, or you can just have a game where you're squabbling constantly. Mm-hmm. But yeah, 
Well, as you long as everyone, exactly. I was gonna say, as long as everyone is enjoying the session, that's that's fine. Whether yeah, at first, I think at first it was like kind of bothering me. Like, uh, it's, this is gonna be kind of a weird game to play. I was like, if all I'm doing is like rolling my my initiative and my accuracy rolls, it's just like it's like it's kind of not what I was here for. But things we started to pull it back a little bit in the second half, and there was a little bit more, you know substance to the to the campaign uh and the the, the psychotic person tried to rein in themselves in a little bit mm. so uh yeah i think future sessions will will go better uh i'd say overall i enjoyed it it depends that on the is. size of the party and stuff because we've got a party of eight it's that's quite a big party a, yeah. it's a big party well it's what it was, it's seven plus dm yeah it was, no, no, it was eight, eight plus dm oh eight plus dm okay fair enough that is that's a, a big party it was a big party, yeah. yeah. We had a we had, we we had a it's big complicated with like four in a DM. Yeah. So keeping up with four people in a DM is hard enough because the DM's like, wait, what? And it's hard to keep track of everything. Yeah. Like, did you roll so. initiative or did you roll? Have you rolled your initiative and your combat or da 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 da? Yeah, it's easy enough. As I say, as long as everyone's listening and everyone's involved, that's just steps that should just happen. It's the chaotic points that the DM may provide in the campaign. Or the choices that players make, which the DM wasn't expecting, that makes things fun. It's like uh, Tiny Tina did the Dungeons and Dragons for Borderlands. What? Yeah, but I mean, well, I mean, her story at the end of that was she changed everything around because she wanted everything to be happy because she didn't like the grief. Yeah, but also she was like, suffering. So. But yeah, because she dumped a level like hundred boss on the first fucking three seconds. There's a boss. Like you can't do that, Tina. Oh, fine. Well, I'll change it. But uh, yeah, right. Let's move on very, very quickly for me. Okay. Uh, I played Ryan, more Legends. What have you played? I played more Legends of Rune Terror. I got some more progress. I got some more cards. We then tried to play the challenging with Duncan for play session. It didn't work. Hello. Um, other than other than that, I haven't been doing much. So yeah, that's 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 that one. I feel so, like uh, I feel like we should play Rune Terror. Yeah, let's see if we can get it to I work. I haven't played it with else. Yeah, we should give it another try at some point, definitely, so we can do what we wanted to do with it. But, uh, yeah, oh, producer Stefan's gone, yeah, so it's uh, we'll move it on to news time. News time. And news time. We'll, let, uh, we'll give Duncan the floor for this one. All because, right. Uh, he, fa- he found the news story, and this one is actually something I want to talk about, and you'd probably want to talk about as well. So, uh, take it away. Okay, so... Uh... Blizzard, a company that we all know, um, you know, some of us, uh, so, some of us like them, and others uh, have realized that maybe they're not so great anymore. Mm-hmm. They're making good games that are they're making great games and really bad uh, corporate decisions. Um, yes. yes, we can all. I think all of, we all can agree on this one. Yeah, last year was not a good time for them. Yeah, yeah the whole kind of thing. The whole. China debacle. Uh, mm. I don't even really want to go back into that at this point. <laughs> no, 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 not when they've got a new, uh, a new interesting fun PR mishap. It's it's funny too because like I remember thinking to myself that at a certain point I was ready to sort of <coughs> be at peace with that whole uh, fiasco. Like, like no, do like do I think Blizzard handled it the best way that possibly could? No. Do I think it was? inappropriate of that person to bring up that topic at that particular juncture no i really don't think that was an appropriate time 
I think Blizzard was in the right to, you know, come down on that decision, but not in the way that they did. And I don't think they handled the fallout of it really well. Mm. At, at, a certain, at a certain point, I was ready to be like, okay, you know what? Both people have erred. Uh, we've all learned a lesson. Let's just move on and not do this again in the future. Yeah. And then, you know, we get this. So basically, oh, yes. what's happened here is uh, Warcraft 3 Reforged has come out. Uh, sort of a, a remake of Warcraft 3 in the same vein as uh, the StarCraft remastered thing that just came out a little while ago. Uh, mm-hmm. I actually got that. That means it's been unlocked again. Because I actually pre-ordered it last Christmas. From my yeah. 29th. From, yeah. I ordered it for my 29th birthday. It's come out on my, just after my, like, a month after my 30th. Yeah. So, it's, you know, so, yeah, it came out, what was it? It was, it was last week, wasn't it, pretty much? Yeah, it's 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 hot off the presses. And so there, uh, and so what, what comes, uh, what comes out as a result of this, um, of this release is a news story from, uh, let's see, who, who we got on the, on the thing, PC Gamer, and, I mean, PC, this is, we're referring to the PC Gamer article, but I'm sure lots of people have covered this by now. Yeah. Um, so basically, when you, uh, install and sign on to Warcraft 3 Reforge, you have to sign a EULA and user yeah, license agreement. Which pretty for typical for for gaming these days. Um, which no one reads. No one ever reads it, except for uh, the people who read this one. Uh, and I'm thank, good that, thank God they did, because contained within this particular EULA is a clause which claims, and see if I can get an exact... Um, I'll see if I can get an exact quote here. Okay, I got one from GameSpot. Ah, perfect. Okay, so this one's okay. So we're moving from game from to GameSpot. Uh, GameSpot okay. covers the exact quote, uh, which says that custom games are and shall remain the sole and exclusive property of Blizzard. Without limiting the foregoing, you hereby assign to Blizzard all of your rights, title, and interest in t- in and to all custom games, including but not limited to any copyrights in the content of any custom games. If for any reason you are prevented or restricted from assigning any rights in the custom games to Blizzard, you grant to Blizzard an exclusive, perpetual, worldwide, unconditional, royalty-free, irrevocable license enabling Blizzard to fully exploit the custom games or any component thereof for any purpose and in any manner whatsoever. In layman's terms, anything you make is Blizzard's. Yes, any absolutely anything made in a custom game by you using their tools within the custom game maker is wholly and entirely forever owned by Blizzard. Now, this is we should probably address that this is obviously a direct response to the wild out of control success of the Defense of the Ancients mods, which would eventually become, you know, the uh, the MOBA scene, really. The entire MOBA genre, you know, with the creation of Dota 2, owned by Steam, one of the most financially successful successful games on the platform. League of Legends, the flagship product of Riot Games, which is now another billion-dollar player in the PC gaming scene. Mm-hmm. And, a vi- the, and uh, the Smite game, which I don't know if that's yeah. still big or not, but I know that's definitely yeah, another, another the, one. The, like the the big thing that brought back high-res studios after Tribes didn't really go very far. So yeah, the basically Defense of the Ancients, you know, a game that was originally created in Warcraft 3 based on an earlier StarCraft 2 map, uh, just sort of an advanced version of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, minerals. But yeah, the long story short is somebody somewhere or a collection of people 
helped to create these game types that were originally created using Blizzard properties, StarCraft, and then later Warcraft 3 to a greater extent. Yeah. And the popularity of them was such that they became their own genre of video game. Yeah. And they be- created these massive players and created this massively competitive uh, scene for these types of games. Mm-hmm. And now the most popular of these games are competing in international tournaments that for billion dollar prize pools there there's brand rec- there's brand sponsorships there's corporate de- deals all over the place it's a huge scene and it all came out of blizzard's back pocket essentially yeah um but more specifically than that this is a direct response to the fact that blizzard and steam went through a pretty lengthy uh legal dispute over the copyright of this genre this idea with the release of dota 2 on the steam platform mm. uh, it was eventually settled that dota 2 would be its own thing yeah um but i it seems that blizzard was pretty sour about that result uh and so what they're doing with this clause or attempting to do with this clause is claim preemptively the rights of any similarly breakout blockbuster custom game types that might spawn their own you know subgenre of games yeah i mean that i mean where would you feel on that i mean it's not to have been said that there haven't been games you know with user generated content as they call them well so in short you are not in short you are not able to create well you can still create any mods you can create any mods and alteration to the game however Buy, buy, and then revenue for your hard work. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, it's like okay. Here's we gotta. I think we gotta. There's a, there's a lot to unpack here. Yeah. So let's start with the let's start with the basics. Uh, Blizzard owns Warcraft Three. They own yep. the map maker therein. They own the tools and such that allow you to create these things. No one's disputing that, and I don't think that by extension it is too much of a stretch to say that so long as the game mods themselves remain within the sphere of Blizzard, that is to say the game is created and developed using Blizzard's tools and property and is being um, serviced by Blizzard servers and, you know, maintained by Blizzard personnel. I don't think that it is outside of, you know, I don't think it is unreasonable for Blizzard to claim rights over that. Indeed. The problem I have with that, with this, isn't the idea of Blizzard trying to sort of, you know, keep the their custom game types themselves. It's the idea that this seems to be attempting to place a blanket copyright claim on any, not just the games, but also any of the ideas proposed within this thing. Like, the idea that, like, they could, you know, try and, you know, put a, ta- put a, a tag on any game any spin-offs any genre spin-offs that might come out of these custom games as a result of their popularity it's like because here's the thing like they tried this before with dota 2 and it didn't work they you know they tried to be like hey you're not allowed to do that this is our shit you know and then they're and then the argument was well i mean you never said it wasn't also you can't copyright an idea so mm. what can you do yeah, I mean, we mentioned that earlier on in the podcast regarding Temtem and Pokemon, so... Right, because you can copyright a specific instance of 
intellectual property. You can copy, you can copyright things that are specific and definable. You can copyright a song, you can copyright a name, you can copyright, you know, pronouns, you can copyright lists, you can even copyright, you can copyright a lot of things, but you can't copyright, like, an idea. Like, you could copyright StarCraft, but you can't copyright for uh, real-time strategy. You can copyright Call of Duty, but you can't copyright first-person shooters. Yeah. My big worry here, and I think that this has serious implications for a company that is primarily based in America, you know, that it, mm-hmm. Blizzard is an American company. I, I don't know. Is Activision American, or are they from elsewhere? No, they are American. Okay, Blizzard so... Blizzard Activision is, is American. 100% American oh. company. Mm-hmm. With international outreach. The, the concern yeah. I have is that by placing this sort of stub in... Uh, by putting by slipping this here in the EULA and forcing people to agree to this in order to play their game, they're basically reserving the right to make a fuss at, at their convenience. Mm. And this is where it gets really uh, kind of scary because, okay, like... Okay, end user license agreements. Okay, they're they they're a very controversial subject in and of themselves. A lot of people, especially in the gaming industry these days, have put clauses in EULAs that, out and out, straight up are not legally binding. Like, because the thing about EULAs is you can't actually enforce something that's written in an, in a EULA if existing local legislation does not allow you to actually enforce that IRL. Yeah. Like, you know, like if you put in the EULA, uh, if you sign this agreement, we legally own your soul and have the rights to all of your personal property and we can sell you at our convenience. That's unenforceable. Even if they sign it, you can't you can't actually enforce that no matter how much you try. And Absolutely. if you attempted to, your case would be kicked to the curb uh, immediately. They wouldn't even mm-hmm. bother. Your, your lawyer probably wouldn't even charge you. It would be like an afternoon for them. <laughs> So, so a EULA, no matter how binding or scary it is, un- unless there's like very, very special circumstances, they cannot gain any additional rights that they would not already be given by existing legislation. Mm-hmm. But what I'm concerned about is that by parking this little, I would say a little, it's a paragraph, this clause in their in their EULA saying that they have their they own your copyright, they own your game, they own your your genre, they own your whatever, that they might be reserving the right to essentially begin a lawsuit in the event that you attempt, that you or someone who's a fan of your work that attempts to, you know, make this game, this custom game that they made, this non-existent custom game that exists somewhere in the future, and you try Mm -hmm. to turn it into its own genre, into its own entity in the same way that MOBAs turned into their own thing. Yeah, and and by giving themselves the right to raise that complaint and start that lawsuit, they may give themselves just enough legal leeway and legal authority to put the pressure on someone who is seeking to, you know, turn their custom game, their hard work, into something mainstream and legitimately profitable you know something that's not just donation based because they do actually say that you're allowed to keep you know private donations that are given to you in exchange for your work which i think is okay that's 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 something at Mm. least but that's not you can't 
that's not going to be a viable income stream. If you really wanted to make this its own thing, even if you do it with your own tools, your own programs from the ground up without any of Blizzard's help, with that little ticket sort of tagged on your game, on your custom game, they may just have just enough authority and just enough grounds for copyright infringement that even if they would not ultimately win a an endurance match, so to speak, a legal endurance match in which both sides have infinite resources and whoever's legally right just wins, mm. they may be able to stall it out just long enough that, you know, a small team of, you know, one yeah. or two Standard or a dozen person people... will just drop it because of how much of time and stress is taking. You know, one person or a dozen people, a small team of people who just pull together all their resources, don't own a lot of property to begin with, and may have just taken out a huge loan to fund, you know, programming their new game, and might be in a lot of debt, and under a lot of pressure on a month-by-month basis to, you know, meet their expenses and meet their demands, might just be willing to give up on a lawsuit and give it over to blizzard even if they know they're actually legally right because you know rent's got to be met groceries got to be bought programmers got to get paid at least as insofar as they're owed Mm -hmm. and blizzard's got much deeper pockets than anyone who would ever attempt to create you know the next dota or the next auto chess yeah and I think that's kind of creepy to me. I don't... I, that's what upsets me more about this than anything else, is the idea that... And the, here's the thing, like, this only works in America. I bring this up because... I bring up the America thing because that really only works in America. In a lot of regions in the world, including here in Canada, and I'm sure someplace, many places in Europe, you are... When you win a legal battle, you're allowed to, you know, request that the the losing party pay your illegal fees it doesn't always yes. happen but that is something that you can do and you can reclaim your losses from uh Which from that legal battle. the lawsuit yes so if you can just hold on you know maybe let that rent check bounce once or twice you know have some you know eat some ramen noodles for a couple weeks and just win the battle you can you know recoup your losses and then some but in america specifically america they have what's called the american rule where even if you win, you can't claim your your legal fees as an expense uh, as part of your compensation. Mm. So that sort of that sort of like m- makes me understand now why you know stuff with like YouTube and of hearing big sort of lawsuit cases against YouTubers why it's so sort of risky because like you like you're saying take into account the time and the lost expenditure sure. You've managed to, you know, do this, you know, hold out and and beat this this big bad, this big organization. But at what cost? Yeah, and it's, that's the thing. Like because it's an American company, they have the opportunity to launch a law to file a lawsuit within America. Even if you live outside America and you made a game outside of America, if they file a suit within, you know, the United States, they can still apply that rule here. You know, mm. and so I think that is a major concern for me because they don't actually have to be right. They don't actually have to abide by the law. Unless somebody were to preemptively sue them for attempting to take advantage of the law and take advantage of 
the end user license agreement and you know and win that battle and force them to change it that could really be that could really be cons- that could really be stifling because it's like you know i'm sure blizzard feels real bad that they missed out on the billions and billions of dollars that have been made in the moba genre that spawned out of their womb mm. but at the same time it's like that's good for the industry it might be bad for your company you might feel a little like ow that's stung for me but like it's generally good for the industry and for gaming in general that there is competition out there there's more new things that are being made and mm. brewed upon all the time it's like i mean like i said dota 2 and league of legends are two of the most successful video games ever you know league of legends is going into its 11th year now and they're as popular now as they have ever been um haven't they got the esports there well yeah the esports is in its second week yeah i mean esports has been around since sort of the original starcraft so the the concept of of that has has been there. I yeah, mean, yeah. Let's say the sort of the the MOBA things sort of gave it a bit of a resurgence. I mean, actually, yeah, Counter Strike has been there for ages as well. But something about the MOBA sort of brought up esports in a way that people hadn't ever seen before. Yeah, it's like esports were really big in Korea when you know StarCraft and StarCraft Brood War were at their peak. Yeah. Uh, but it was really like the MOBA genre that brought it to an international audience. You know, mm. there were people, who, there were people watching, you know, League of Legends and pro Dota games in every continent because it was, it just had such a broad appeal. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I also, I don't want to be accused Blizzard of being petty, even though they are. Uh, but it's also like, you can't help but feel like maybe after having two major, like, billion dollar games, billion dollar ideas escape from their clutches and go on to do their own thing, that maybe they're just a little bit bitter about the fact that their own, you know, uh, Dota-style MOBA game, uh, being Heroes of the Storm, it just never quite caught on the way Mm. that the other ones did. Like, I don't even... Like, do they even still support that game? Like, is that even... Is that even still a thing? They they do not. Yeah. Support support finished sort of early like, last year. Like, I know they don't do esports for it anymore. That's that's long dead, but I don't even uh, know. They're still, they're still releasing the patches. They're still releasing new content. They're still, like, making it. But it's like, but... Who is, who, who's ever heard of, like, are there any professional Heroes of the Storm streamers? Are there professional, like, are, is there, like, a big Heroes of the Storm scene? Like, I'd say there know. used to be, but that, that died um, along with the, yes, the when... esports. Stopping. They put yeah, they put the pull out the plug for from the esports. So I don't think there is any anymore any big streamers doing this game. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. like, yeah, it 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 bothers me. And it's like, and another thing that I that kind of drives me a little crazy is just like you look at, <coughs> uh, we way back we made several jokes and references to how, you know, Dota two spun off of you know. Uh, Heroes of the Storm, or not Heroes of the Storm, um, what's it called? Uh, Dota, Defense of the Ancients, the original, which spun off of Aeon of Strife. It's just like, and then from Dota 2 spawned, uh, you know, Dota 2 Auto Chess, which eventually became its own game. Uh, And then, you know, the Auto Chess subgenre was sort of birthed. It's not, it didn't quite have the same effect as the the MOBA MOBA. genre. Uh, You know, it's still reasonably popular people still like it but it didn't have quite that you know like it didn't make waves the way that uh 
the MOMA genre did. Speaking of that, it was was so Blizzard. I mean, the the sort of the idea of the tower defense was yes. that also through their custom games. There was I would believe like that, it. But... I mean, yeah, I mean, it's certainly was certainly a big custom type. God, there must have been a hundred or more different custom, you know, turret defenses from StarCraft and Warcraft. Yeah. Um, what else is there to say? Uh, but it's like, so you got that right, and it's like, okay, okay, so. Dota 2 had a bit of a, like a legal falling out with like the people who made the Dota Auto Chess <clears throat> game because like it was like its own thing. Like I don't think it, it wasn't made by the same people who made OG Auto Chess. So it's like okay, there's like a legal thing going on there because they actually use like you know the name you know the the Auto Chess name and they use a lot of the characters and stuff from from the original Auto Chess. So it's like okay, there's like legal grounds here. This that's that's a bit of copyright sketch but it's like mm. beyond beyond that it wasn't like they came after the the genre as a whole and be like you can't have our stuff this is our game type this is our game mode mm-hmm. you know this is like beyond the obvious actual legit copyright problems and legal dispute they were kind of just sort of chill about it so it's like you know they're they're hanging they're letting they're letting auto chess be its own thing it's like come on man <laughs> blizzard get with it yeah competition is Without- good it's healthy <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing. Uh, with all the fans creating all sorts of this kind of mods, different game type, we would not have. Well, we would not have the LOL. Yeah, yeah. Because it started from from a mod, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, League of Legends is part of the mobile genre. It, so it, if it... if companies will start doing this kind of sort of thing, like working um, a standard fans. From creating an additional content to it, it will drive the business to bankruptcy to 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 the point where there will be no new ideas. Yeah, and wasn't and... there also wasn't there also a uh, wasn't there a thing between like Fortnite and and Battlegrounds something like that? Uh, yeah, that's sort of a lot of that. Um... I think that actually came from oh, I've forgotten who actually made Player Unknowns Battlegrounds Blue Blue Point I think it's something like that Blue Point Gaming something like that they did have a lot of their issues with Epic and Fortnite now granted a lot of it you know Epic did have a lot of inspirations added into Fortnite for for you know for lack of a better legal term but yeah I think they they did go off at each other a little bit but. That means I don't think anything major came out of it. They just sort of let each other be. Yeah, it's just like, it's just like we need to. Because you we, cannot. I think can, as as we said before, you cannot put a brand on the idea itself if you get yeah, me. Yeah, and that's not even like yeah, and that's so not even as, like as you said as you said Duncan, you cannot uh, trademark first person shooter because you cannot. It's just yeah, and you can bang. yeah. Just for the same reason, you can't uh, you can't copyright auto brawler. You can't copyright MOBA, and you can't copyright yeah. And and same with and same with uh, battle royale style. You cannot trademark battle royale style because it's something what's existing before the games itself. The term and anything using the same term battle royale. So putting hundred people against each other or thousand people against each other. Why not? It's fine. It should be fine, 
and companies. It is fine. Should... That's the problem, right? Like this isn't exactly. just like and companies. It's not, it, comp- it's not just like a socialist, you know, tree hugging. Every everyone owns everything. Let's yeah, all let's all get together with communism. Focus... It's not. It's not like that at all. It's like, it's in the law. It's written in legislation. This is how this works, and people need to re- pay yeah, attention. Big companies. Yeah, they have to like start. Um, paying attention to it, I'm not sure, um, should s- start realizing that they cannot make money of every single bit of it. They should more focus on the content on, in the game, on the stability of the game, on bug fixing, instead of uh, law battles. Yeah, if you want your particular... Stupid, against stupid stuff. If you want your particular iteration of the Battle Royale genre, or the Auto Chess genre, or the MOBA genre to be the most profitable and most successful then make it make it then make it the best version make it the best game update it support it stopping the other from doing it because this this is what we need um, what the industry need we need similar ideas with with different approaches Mm. to choose to be able to choose the best games um, which we want to play. Yeah, and that's that should be the main focus for the companies, not stupid small small prints in the end user agreements where everyone no nobody reads it and everyone is hoping if they creating an additional content from from that game they kind of hoping to like at least be recognized and if not making some extra cash on the side because come on you're putting hours and hours of your free time trying to create something. What's wrong with it to trying to sell that mode on the side for like a few dollars? I'm happy well, to I mean to be few... fair, to, to be fair, uh, it's, the mobile genre is not a few dollars. They it is it is a billion dollar industry. But yeah, well, the, po- uh, the I mean point is, is if I w- if if we would create a, an extra mode, we will not be sell- we would maybe we would charge for like okay, if you want to play this this kind of version of the game, yeah, pay us a fiver and there you go. Yeah, it's like it's that, yeah. It's that, like, that's what I'm trying. That's what the, I'm trying to say. If, if the point we is, like, the point is, you don't own ideas. You can't. Exactly. You never will. The law is never going to change to allow you to do that. You may, if you can give your an idea a name and write its details out on a piece of paper and submit it to the patent office, you can own that version of that idea. But you can't own the nebulous idea itself. You can't mm-hmm. just you can't just cast a net and say all these fish are mine. And it's just like other fishermen gotta gotta eat too. Yeah, but you will never be a fisherman. <laughs> uh, uh, so yeah, just... there you go. That's that's the big scary blizzard news. Uh, and I honestly think the 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 whole the, the fucking Hong Kong China shit was like it was a whole it was a whole thing. It was a very widely publicized, perhaps even over publicized issue. Uh, and I'm and I'm still to this day not even on hundred percent sure which side of the argument I fall on. I think I'm falling pretty much right down the middle. Anyway, this I think really has the potential to be like like a, a, like this is a serious problem for for Blizzard. I this is I can't I can't abide by this. Like there's no like there's no like me. There's, I'm not gonna lose sleep thinking about whether or not I agree or disagree with this. I may lose sleep thinking about how many developers are you know gonna lose the will to program and make games because they're afraid that blizzard might sue them out of you know house at home uh, mm. but I, i'm not 
I I have I'm not on Blizzard's side. I I'm sorry. That's that's not okay. No, understandable, understandable. So uh, before we wrap this up, then I just wanted to give you a, a quick one. Uh, it's a very very quick game of Ryan's trivia. Did you Ryan's know trivia. that EA had a MOBA? <laughs> EA had a MOBA. Um, uh, Who? Yeah. What, what Do you MOBA? remember the name of it? Um, Nope. Give it to me. Uh, it was called Dawngate. Dawngate. That sounds like vaguely familiar, but I don't know anything about it. Well, I believe it was. Hold on, let me just... Uh... Yes, uh, Dawngate. It was a proposed multiplayer online battle arena. This was the the MOBA that EA decided was not going to work, that they had a massive open beta for it, and cancelled it within six months. Wow. Um, and what, when was it? Uh, this was 2014. Okay. So it was tested on May 24th, 2013. There was a beta in April 2014. Uh, open beta went in May 2014. And by November that year, it was closed. Um, the idea that they were going to, they were going to sort of have like a, where they wanted to just add a bit of sort of persistent character creation to it, as well as, you know, as well as, you know, just account leveling like all the other MOBAs. And it was also one that we were going to try and put a PvP spin onto as well. A, a PvE spin onto as well. But, yeah, didn't work. But uh, that's, a, that's a little bit of history for you. Long-lost EA games that didn't even bother coming out properly. Maybe that's for the better. Yeah, probably. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll leave you with that trivia and uh, we'll wrap this up. So, uh, if you liked what you heard and... Was there was a lot of it to to hear, so I so yeah, well, if you... yeah. I said maybe that's for the better for EA because mm-hmm. they might deliver another broken, unplayable game. I fucking I, I my throat hurts too much to talk about EA, but suffice to say, <laughs> if there's one company that I'm glad didn't make it in the uh, genre copy paste wars, I'm glad it was EA. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, like, share, subscribe, do all that stuff. Um, you can copy-paste that everywhere you want. We'd be happy with it. And, uh, yeah, thank you, Darius, Duncan, and D. Always a pleasure to be here. You know, except when it isn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, it's, you know, that one was a nice little talk, you know. So, yeah. it, was, it was all good. So, and, uh, probably yeah. see you uh, next week, guys. Yeah. So, uh, until then, please, for God's sake, find Stefan. He's missing. Where'd he go? Steph! Steph! We'll see you next time. Wait, it, we we didn't tell anyone to not kill themselves. Oh, don't kill each other. Don't kill each other, uh, and and don't and don't copyright. Don't try to copyright claim ideas because it won't work. <laughs>